0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour here. Make sure you stay tuned. We got Doogie here to talk a little bit of Wolves, a little bit of Vikings. And then uh, once the game resumes, he's going to jump off and it'll be Miles and I previewing the next game for the Vikings against the Packers. So stay tuned.
1: Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour, where we mix our favorite beverage and talk of your Minnesota Vikings.
0: Good evening, everyone. Welcome to Vikings Happy Hour. We got a special guest on tonight, the one, the only Doogie. How you doing, dogs
2: I'm doing all right. There's nothing special about me. Trust me. Just ask my wife. She'll tell you. I am an <laughs> average as gets, but I appreciate you guys having me back.
0: Yeah, well, I think you have a lot of fans in this city. You provide a lot of great content, very engaging on Twitter. I think uh, most of us uh, common fans are very uh, appreciative of what you do for Minnesota sports and, and the fan fandom here in town. So, uh, Miles, how are we doing you. today? Thank you. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, no, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. It's always great to have Dougie on. I'm, I'm glad to be able to join tonight because I'm normally on Tuesdays, so my show's on Tuesday, So to be on with you guys it's um i'm excited
0: yeah absolutely it's always a treat to have miles on the show as well my normal co-host matt couldn't make it tonight so uh thank you miles for filling in i really appreciate it um do you you know i know we got you for a short amount of time you got a lot of work to do with the wolves game on and all this viking stuff that's happening so i want to just dive in right away if we could um Obviously, it's a Viking show, but I'd be remiss not to talk a Little Wolves, just given I know you're pretty well in tune with them. And there's a lot happening right now with them. I know they're on kind of a rough patch right now in terms of, uh, you know, at least our expectations as fans. Uh, but there's some interesting content that I'd like to at least talk about, and I'm sure Miles would as well. Um, first on the docket here is just trades, right? Obviously, we started this season off kind of hot, right? We had a couple game win streak and then that love, you know, that, that momentum died down. We're on a, what, I think we're losing four of the last five right now. Um, And, and the team isn't seem to gel well right now. Are there any, I know there there was high expectations. So is there any sort of trade rumors going on? I know the big one was Simmons all summer long um, and even into the season with him not playing. Um, as well as, you know, we've heard Miles Turner, we've heard, you know, a variety of, uh, I think we're playing against him tonight, um, um, Bagley. My, uh, uh, Bagley, is there anything going on right now in the trade front that you're hearing?
2: Yeah, well, I can tell you, Ryan, I talked to a league executive. He's in the front office of an Eastern Conference team, a logical trade partner for the Wolves. I had a nice conversation with this individual earlier this week. He said uh, they have not had any dialogue with the Wolves. I can tell you Sachin Gupta, the new Wolves boss, would still love to get his hands on Ben Simmons. Nothing has changed on that front, but nothing has changed from Philadelphia's standpoint either, you know, in terms of them not having interest in D'Angelo, Russell, Malik Beasley, you know, who the Wolves are willing to offer up, Anthony Edwards off-limits, Carl Anthony Towns off-limits. You know, in terms of Sacramento, I have not heard buzz on Marvin Bagley. I don't think there's interest there. Miles Turner, sure. But at this point, I think Indiana still wants to see what they have. A lot of teams really want to see what they have for a good 20-ish games. Now, there are certain teams, right, Detroit, Houston, a few others, they know, you know, at best, they're winning, what, 20 games, 21 games, 22 games. But a team like Indiana, after giving Rick Carlisle, Four years, about $30 million for him to come back to a franchise he coached a really long time ago. They want to see what they have with this core. But can I tell you that there are fans of Miles Turner here in Minnesota? 100%. And I can tell you, Sachin Gupta has been on the phone a bunch. Now, more so with executives that he doesn't have a good relationship with. Like, he's really tight with Raphael Stone in Houston. He's really tight with Daryl Morey. In Philadelphia now, Daryl knows where Suchin stands on Ben Simmons, but the point is, it's not like Suchin needs to reach out to those individuals, you know, a bunch. I mean, he's reaching out to some front offices where he just doesn't have those relationships. I imagine Ryan, when you know things ramp up, is December fifteenth when when guys who signed in the summer are trade eligible. So I think December fifteenth, about a month from now, is a date to circle. But I can't promise you, Suchin Gupta is going to try to be active. He is well aware this is the smallest roster in the NBA. I mean, just even today, in the first half, Sacramento, double-digit offensive rebounds. I promise, Gupta is well aware of, of the warts that the roster has.
0: Absolutely, yes. and And one of those warts, it seems like at least, is there's been some – Uh, at least rumors, that Towns is super unhappy right now. Uh, Again, I don't know if there's any truth to those rumors, uh, but you have some talking heads at ESPN and whatnot talking about how he's unhappy, doesn't like taking a backseat to Anthony Edwards. Is there any truth to any of of those rumors? There's truth to all rumors,
2: Ryan. Always a little bit of truth in some of that stuff, right? (laughs) I mean, there's always when some of that fire gets out there, especially with some of the national talking heads. I mean, I can tell you Uh, That Cat over the summer had a conversation with somebody, well, somebody that used to be the Wolves organization, somebody he has a tight relationship with, you know, more so just wondering about his future, you know, just wondering if he can win long term here. Now, that being said, I am positive Cat is being genuine when he says he is forever indebted to the Saunders family, that way back when the late Flip Saunders could have gone with Jalil Okafor with the number one overall pick. He decided late to switch that stance, decided to take Carl Anthony Towns. Cat feels forever indebted to Flip, to Ryan, to Debbie Saunders, to all the Saunders. And so, you know, more than anything, Cat would like to win here, not win somewhere else. But at some point, this is year seven, he's only been All-NBA one time. He's only been to the playoffs one time. He is constantly reminded he made the playoffs in large part because of Jimmy Butler. He wants to get rid of that narrative. But do I sense that Cat is close to the point of asking for a trade, that he's truly unhappy? No. He had a big birthday party on Monday night. Just about the entire Wolves team was there. You know, I mean, they were practically holding hands, singing Kumbaya. You know, I don't think, you know, that sort of, you know, gathering happens if Cat was really pissed off with a lot of his team. So I don't think we're there yet. But if they keep losing games in a year where there are you know, relatively high expectations, heck, for them, the bar is so low. When I say high expectations, them being one of the top 10 in the Western Conference, being able to play in the play-in tournament, that's a realistic goal. They were openly in Miami, the trip, by the way, that they got fined $250,000 for, but they were openly talking in Miami about making the playoffs. Now, 10 out of 15 make it, right? You have a 67% chance to make the playoffs. But they were openly talking about the playoffs mid-September, that Miami bonding trip. So if they don't meet those expectations, I think next summer could be very, very fascinating.
0: Very interesting. Very interesting. I see that. I see the chat lighting up. They're not loving the Timberwolves talk, of course, as a Vikings show. Uh, let's transition over uh, to the to the Vikings here. Um, first question I wanted to ask is, Obviously, the last time we spoke with you on this show, you had mentioned that the expectations are very high. Like, it's obviously high for this fan base, hopefully, all the time, right? Um, But internally, especially amongst the brass, it was extremely high. Like, deep playoff runner bust type mentality. Obviously, the season hasn't gone as expected, at least up to this point. Do you have any sense of where the emotions are internally with the brass right now?
2: Well, I mean, I sense that the emotions are still – You know, to the point of, hey, like, we've had a lead of seven points or more in every game. There's not any other team that can claim that. So there are still very high expectations, even if it's with them being the six or the seventh seed. If winning the NFC North is not very realistic, that they feel like, hey, we assembled this roster. This roster is fully capable. And, hey, we can still make a run deep into january so i don't think they've come off that line of thinking now it's entirely possible they're not one of the seven playoff teams in the nfc i think november 28th will go a long way in determining their fate you know can they win in san francisco now the vikings have been better on the road than at home but i just think that november 28th game a week from sunday as big as sunday is you know and i'm looking forward trust me i always look forward to when the packers come here when the vikings go to Lambeau Field. But I just think that November 28th game in Santa Clara against the 49ers is going to go a long way in determining whether the Vikings make the playoffs. But I'm positive. The Wills still feel like this roster is fully capable of making a deep run in January.
0: Awesome. Miles?
3: Yeah, I was, I was going to ask about um, Adam Thielen. So this is kind of a not. I – I don't want to bring up the negative because they did win on Sunday and they had made an impressive win. But Adam Thielen is something I've kept an eye on throughout the season just because, you know, we saw the digs follow in 2019. I've been kind of seeing some trends and some, like, things with Adam Phelan as the season's gone on that maybe he could fly under the radar because he's not the kind of guy that wants to bring that kind of attention on himself. But I'm not saying that there's any rumblings of anything of, like, Adam Thielen wanting out of Minnesota. I mean, he's a Minnesota kid. But, like, I, you could, like, tell there's frustration there. Even, even on Sunday, I know they won. But like he wasn't a big part of the the success on Sunday. Not that he didn't have a uh, uh, he didn't play a role. But I, are you saying anything or hearing anything on that front, Doogie? That like there might be some frustrations there, and maybe who well, the, I mean, who he has the frustrations yeah, I, with.
2: Frustrations, Miles, for for a while. I mean, predating even even this season. But yeah, this season, yeah, I, there's I think there's some frustration. You know, I mean, I found it pretty fascinating today when. When Adam, now it might have been his passive way of saying it, but you know, Adam was relatively frontal end of his media availability late this morning saying, Hey, like that recipe of, of how we won Sunday in Los Angeles, that aggressive nature, nature, that, that needs to carry over. And so I think there's been times where Adam feels like he hasn't gotten enough targets that Justin Jefferson hasn't gotten enough targets. You know, so yeah, I think there's something to be said about that. But I think he knows how to channel uh, some of that frustration. And yeah, publicly, he's always going to be a team first guy. You're not going to find Adam Thielen saying anything, you know, in a selfish manner. You're just not. I mean, he's a really smart guy, he knows how to pick and choose his words very carefully. But yeah, do I think there's some frustration there, Miles? 100%.
0: Yeah, I think uh I think Vikings Twitter kind of went into a frenzy this um, afternoon when uh, they're talked a uh, you know, maybe we had a bunch of COVID situations ha- popping up, uh, false positives, real positives. I'm not quite sure. Any can you shed any light on on any of that information? I know we were kind of talking about a pre-show, but I'm sure our fans would love to hear. Yeah. Yeah,
2: absolutely. For the audience, yeah, 100% I can. Yeah, so I mean I'm told that Brian O'Neill tested positive this morning, but then tested negative a couple hours later. He was held out of practice. He'll undergo another test tomorrow. So we'll wait and see what that test says. But there is a level of confidence that the original test was a false positive. Same with DJ Wanham. I am waiting to hear back on Mackenzie Alexander and Chris Herndon. I can tell you from a couple different sources. I was told, you know, many hours ago that there were four false positives. But I can't tell you with 100% certainty because I'm waiting for more information whether the other two are Alexander and Herndon. But looking at the injury report for today with those two guys listed as non-participants, non-injury related, you know, I'm connecting some logical dots. But I can tell you I'm told on Wanham and O'Neill both tested positive, then tested negative. So we'll have to just wait and see what the testing shows us tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's, that's good hey, news, I, I guess. Yeah. Go ahead, Miles.
3: I was just going to ask about uh, the offensive line, Doogie. So Mike Zimmer talked about, might have been yesterday or today, I can't remember, about uh, he was asked about uh, Garrett Bradbury coming back and how Mason Cole has been playing. Um, do you have any sense of what the Vikings' uh, thoughts are, or position might be there at center and maybe even right guard with, with the struggles of Ole Udo, if they like Mason Cole, and obviously they like Garrett Bradbury as much as he struggled?
2: Yeah, Miles, I've tried to check on that. Like, you know, is Garrett getting all the first-team reps today, and and I haven't heard anything back yet? I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't have Mason Cole somewhere in that mix if you want to shift him over to guard. Fine, but, like, Mason Cole needs to be one of their five offensive linemen, starting offensive linemen on Sunday. I just, I don't know how you would push him back to the bench. But I'm waiting to hear more information on that. I'd love to tell you that I have every answer. I don't always have every answer. I certainly have tried to find that answer. I can not tell you Kirk Cousins told us this morning that Garrett was the first team center during the walkthrough. But that doesn't necessarily tell us, you know, that, that definitively Sunday Garrett Bradbury, you know, is regaining his his starting job. Uh, so I'll continue to work on that. You know, if people want to follow me on Twitter or watch Channel Five or I'll be on again tomorrow morning with Judd Zolgett and Phil Mackey on Score North. You know, if I get if I get an update, I'll I'll certainly put it out there. I'm just telling you, my own personal opinion, Miles, is Mason Cole needs to be on the field on Sunday. Yeah. Preferably for me, I haven't seen anything from Garrett Bradbury to suggest that that he should regain his starting job. I would just keep rolling. With what they have. I know the penalties with Udo have started to stack up, but I don't think I'd be messing with with multiple positions, you know, moving then Cole to guard. I, I just that's not something I would do. I would keep Udo at guard and I would keep Cole at center.
0: Gotcha. Absolutely. Uh, I, I'm with you, Doogie. I mean, I just think that once you have, uh, you know, some continuity happening uh, specifically with Cole at center, I mean, uh, Bradbury has been a disappointment, unfortunately, and it is what it is. And I understand maybe you want to stick with your younger guy. Well, Mason Cole's younger too. (laughs) He's younger than Bradbury. So I'm not quite sure, you know, why somebody who's producing at a higher caliber um, is going to be sat outside of just the fact that he was a first round pick and you don't want to admit defeat on it yet. And that kind of tells yeah, I mean, nice everything,
2: you know, maybe the front office does, you know, some of the conversations Rick has with Mike, but I don't think Mike's looking at it saying, oh, Garrett, former first round pick. OK, automatically gets his starting job back. There's no way Mike looks at it like that.
3: Yeah, That's we'll, we'll know for sure in the in the offseason when they don't pick up if assuming they don't pick up his fifth
2: year option.
0: Right. Yeah. Well, and so I'm still
2: wondering why, who's going to make that decision, right? Like, is right, Rick for yeah. sure back? <laughs> next year you know i think if rick is back i actually could see a scenario where they where they exercise that fifth-year option that they'll give him a little bit more leash that this front office isn't going to admit the mistake but if it's not rick making the decision to me it's a no-brainer you don't exercise the fifth-year option
3: i suppose that's a good point because you hold on real quick ryan you 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 track back to mike hughes uh uh, mike uh, mike hughes um uh laquan treadwell all those failed first round picks and then Garrett Bradbury is supposed to be a stabilizing force and it just hasn't been. So I could see that. That makes a lot of sense.
2: I mean, yeah. now I, was, and, and, I will say this much, like I was going back through some old video from last year because tonight at 10 o'clock during our, our sports cast on channel five, you know, we're doing a little something on Dalvin cook. So I went back and pulled some video of like Dalvin last year, Lambeau field. It was a beautifully executed screen. Like Garrett Bradbury can accelerate in, in the screen game. We haven't seen enough of that this year. Is that the Gary Kubiak effect and Gary not being in the building anymore and specifically calling the plays? But like I was looking at because Dalvin was unbelievable at Lambo last year, the last game, you know, he's played against the Packers, you know, nearly 230 total yards, four touchdowns. And I'm just looking at some of those long plays. Or Back in 2019, he had a 70-something-yard touchdown run at Lambeau. And I'm I'm looking at the way that they utilized Garrett in some of those situations. And I'm like, you know, maybe they're not always playing to a strength so far this year.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, going back a little bit here, we, we were transitioning in and now we're transitioning out a little, but I'm going to bring us back is, um, is Rick Spielman, right? Rick Spielman, Mike Zimmer. Obviously, Zimmer, I think we can all probably attest, he's probably on the hot seat right now, just given the dynamics of where we're at right now at at four and five. Um, how hot is Rick's seat? You know, you, you, you see some misses here and then all of a sudden now we have – Cam Bynum playing well. And we have James Lynch coming in and playing uh, productive. Um, and, and all of a sudden, now some of these mid-round guys are being productive in spot opportunities. So now it's like, okay, well, Rick, you were struggling, but especially with first-round picks, but now some of these guys are hitting. Uh, so how hot is his seat uh, for our fans here? I'd I, I just like to know that.
2: I mean, I think it's relatively hot. Now he has survived some stuff. Like – there's some stuff behind the scenes going back to, I can't recall if it was 2017, 2018, 2016, a few years ago, where he survived a nice little firestorm, you know. And and I don't need to go back through it all. I, I didn't really put much out at the time. I've I've insinuated a few things the last few years, but bottom line is he survived something that, you know, they could have cut the cord then, on Rick. And so I mean that tells you. I mean. Him and the Wills have a really tight relationship. He's still under contract for multiple years. You're right. I mean, you know, Darisaw's a first-round pick. That looks like a hit. You know, the fourth-round pick, the kid from Iowa State, that looks like a hit. Yeah, some of these kids are, are coming along very nicely, which is a nice little reflection on Rick. I mean, he's been operating as if now, to me, you work your ass off until you're told otherwise. But, you know, I mean, he's been to a college game just about every weekend The last few weekends, it's not like he has to physically go to these college games to scout in person. But he has; he's been to a number of college games so far this year. So he's focused on. I'm just telling you, like he's focused on. Hey, I'm going to be in charge of our draft come next April. But we need to see how the rest of the year certainly plays out. You know, if they end up missing the playoffs, I have a hard time believing the entire regime is back next year. They they just they can't do that. The Wilts are well aware. Uh, of, of you know all the expectations this year, both you know with them, with the fan base, uh, others in the building, uh, they couldn't just go with the status quo. I had a, I had a question oh, yeah. for you, Duke. You, you kind of
3: you touched on um, uh, Kenny Nguyen-Wu and the and the offense in general. Clint Kubiak, you you'd mentioned earlier, like, last season we had obviously had his dad, Gary, running the offense. The offense looks completely, not completely different, but vastly different this year than it does from, from his dad's offense. I a, do you know any insight into, like, does Clint view that as, like, needing to try to be different than his dad so that he can create his own path? Do you know, like, any ideas into why Clint decided to go a different route and what the offense should be, the direction the offense should go? go rather than the explosive
2: play-action offense that we saw from Gary in 2020? Yeah, I mean, it's a very interesting question. I will tell you, Andrew, Joko, the quarterback's coach, he's been more involved uh, in recent weeks, you know, specifically, you know, my sense is last week. I had a couple people tell me that. Uh, I mean, Clint still leans on Gary a ton. Like, why wouldn't you lean on your dad? You know, a guy that's, that's won the Super Bowl. So he still leans on Gary a ton. It's not like Clint isn't talking shop with with Gary. They're talking all the time. So I don't have a great answer for you, Miles. Like, I don't know, you know, why we haven't seen more bootleg and and moving Kirk out of the pocket and and some more screenplays. And, you know, some of the last year's what propelled them to, what, number four total offense in the NFL? I don't. I don't have – a great yeah, for yeah. you. 26. I can't actually. Yeah. Williams- still pick beans on it, So maybe have we'll have some see some a little here. I uh, 2015 and a number
0: two, Well, I certainly hope so. I mean, like I said, this offense has been hot and cold, and it's looked great, and then it's looked awful. And um, obviously, I love seeing that aggressiveness in that second half last week. Given Jefferson those opportunities to make those 50-50 balls, going for it on fourth and two when you could have easily punted. I mean, the, these are these are the types of moves that win games versus losing games, in my opinion. Um, yeah, yeah. Doogie, I, I
2: really – Like, heat of the moment, I would have kicked the field goal. Now, it's possible Greg Joseph makes the field goal. You go up 10, you end up winning the game. But, like, heat of the moment, my first thought, my first guess was I'm um, – putting greg joseph on the field i'm taking the field goal but against the worst ranked run defense in the nfl i suppose good call I'll give the ball to 33 and let him get you three yards there and, and wrap up the game that way i was going for the win right there if, if, yeah i wonder if they're up three instead of seven if they would have kicked
3: it just to out of fear because of where they're on the field but that's a that's a good
2: point I think they still would have gone for it. I, I think they would have I think they would yeah. have said, you know what, they were ready to, we can get two it's yeah. that run defense. We're with the chance to take the lead
0: here. Absolutely. Well, I know that, you know, we only had you for a short amount of time. The the second half has just started for the wolves. I know you got a show to prep for in about an hour and a half here. So any any last little nuggets, any any uh bombs that you wanna drop for us before you head out?
2: Well, I mean, I told Judd yesterday, but Zim brought it up this morning, that Michael Pierce is not undergoing any sort of immediate surgery. There is hope that he will be back this year. Anthony Barr's knee, you know, I was told weeks ago it's a chronic issue, you know, and, and we're seeing the last of Anthony Barr in a Vikings uniform. Now, do I think he's played his final game in a Vikings uniform? No. I mean, he was out there on the practice field today. We had a camera there. I saw the video when he came back to our shop. You know, he was moving around okay. You know, so I anticipate seeing Anthony Barr back in the field as soon as this Sunday. Like, I think he plays against the Packers, but that knee is going to be an issue the rest of the way. And with reworked contract, I just have a hard time seeing a scenario where, where Anthony Barr is back in purple next year.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, it's a good draft, I guess, uh, if you're trying to replace a very capable and, and athletic linebacker like him. There's a lot of talent out there this year, which, again, you don't want to go out and say that, but I guess it's the nature of the business. So,
2: And I'll add one more. I was with Patrick Peterson on Monday at a Lutheran church in Egan. He was doing a turkey giveaway, you know, just a few days ahead of, of Thanksgiving, obviously. And I found him to be pretty genuine when when i was asking him about hey is the plan for you to have one of these turkey drives turkey giveaways partnering with with a local food shelf is the plan to do this again in 2022 in 2023 and i thought he was being genuine and we talked a little bit off camera too where you know if it can get worked out and hey again we don't even know who's going to be making the calls but that patrick peterson really likes it here that if there you know is a possibility you now we can debate whether it makes sense to To pay a 32-year-old cornerback next year, pretty good money. But I can tell you, Patrick Peterson has really, really enjoyed his time here in Minnesota. And if it can work out, he would like to be here next year.
0: I mean, as long as it doesn't cost too much, I'm all for it. I mean I think he's played relatively well, I mean, considering, and obviously he's not what he was. I don't think he's nine million a year worth uh, quality right now, but if you can get him at a good deal, provide veteran leadership and and still relatively high quality play for a you know cornerback two. Um, I, I think that's not a bad option for us to go.
2: He's a good dude. yeah, I mean, you can't pay him nine or ten million, but I mean, he's been. Now, you know, look at who we're comparing him to, but he's been by far their best cover corner this year. just oh, yeah. unfortunate that, you know, with a 31-year-old, you know, you get a hamstring injury. That's, of course, going to be a multi-week injury. Just cornerback, hamstring, in your 30s, like, you're not going to bounce back in a week. So, you know, he misses the three games. I anticipate he be back on Sunday against Green Bay. But just a good dude. Like, I could tell just the way he was hands-on, you know, interacting with people there to pick up. You know the families in need. You know them picking up their, their Thanksgiving meals. Just the way he was interacting with them. There was somebody from a PR firm that was helping out, and he knew her by her first name. And just you know, just the way he interacted, you can just you can tell. I've been doing this long enough. I, you know, I can read body language, and you hear stories too. And I just I've always heard really good things about Pat Peterson. I was with Michael Floyd a few weeks ago. He's coaching wide receivers over at Concordia St. Paul. You know, and he spent time in Arizona, and so, you know, they have some mutual friends. He told me good things about Patrick Peterson, you know, through some, you know, mutual connections with Larry Fitzgerald Jr. I heard a lot of good things about Patrick Peterson. You know, Tyrone Carter and Patrick Peterson from the same uh, high school in Florida. You know, so Tyrone. Uh, so just, you know, when when the Vikings signed him, I, just, I had heard just a bunch of good things. And so to hear all those things many months ago, seeing those things come to fruition, you know, talk turning into action, really cool to see. So I just, you know, I know he's a really good dude. So, you know, I mean, I root for storylines. I root for stuff to talk about, write about. You know, for me, selfishly, I'd love to see Pat P back next.
0: That's fantastic. That's great. That's good to hear. It's it's always good to see those uh, players living up to the hype of of being a good person, like you're hearing from, you know, sources or whatnot. So I, I love to hear that. Well, again, I appreciate your time, Doogie. I I,
2: I never claim to be an expert. I just, I lean on, you know, I mean, doing this 25 years now in town, you end up, you know, stumbling into a lot of people, you know, developing relationships. And so I lean on the experts. Like, I don't claim to be an expert. You won't hear me talk very often about, you know, X's and O's and, you know, scheme this and, you know, uh, you know, the all 22 that. I mean, that's just not my area of expertise. I'll lean on others who can give me good information. And so, yeah, on, on Peterson, it was all just A+. Plus.
0: That's awesome. Love it. Love to hear it. And again, if he's half as good of a man as you are, uh, he's got to be a pretty great guy. <laughs> so again, I really appreciate your time, Doogie. It's it's uh, always a pleasure having you on. I would love to get you back on near the end if, or even right after the season uh, to kind of get your takeaways from, you know, the, the season and how it progressed from now till then. So uh, you're welcome anytime you want. Uh, but, you know, whenever you can fit us in, we, we greatly appreciate it.
2: Yeah, no problem. Right. Yeah. I mean- guys go every wednesday you know pencil me in for december 15th or december 22nd let's do it again in a month and and please don't overrate me i promise you talk to my (laughs) wife you talk uh they will not tell you that i'm any sort of you know star or whatever terminology you use so i promise please (laughs) don't i hope matt's okay too Uh, i was corresponding with matt via via twitter direct message i hope everything's okay in his world
0: yeah, you know, I haven't heard much from him, but I'm I'm sure things are okay. Um, you know, he typically does actually message Miles and I um, often when there is something of of worry. So I, I hopefully, hopefully everything's good. Good.
2: All right, boys. Well, Have a good rest of your show, and we'll connect here in a, in a few weeks. All
0: right. Thanks, Thanks
2: so much, Andy. dude. Okay, take it easy, gentlemen. See ya.
0: Always a pleasure having Doogie on. I hope the listeners got to enjoy some of those nuggets and content there. Um, we're just going to go into the rest of the show here, talk a little uh, little Vikings football from uh, from our perspective here. So, uh, Miles, I'm going to lean on you heavily here. Um, Dave, obviously chime in as well with, with your takes here. Um, real just uh, quick recap. I know, uh, I, Dave, I can't remember. Uh, I was real busy last night. Did we have a show last night? No, we did not. We have been 0-4 so, this week. Um, so, so we're the first show. We're the first is, show yes. of the week. So, yep. um, so f- to all our faithful listeners, because I know Mary, I know you know G Max always here, Joseph's always here. You know, I see Justin in the comments. I've seen him here quite a bit. Um, you know, they, they're used to hearing all of this content and all these takes already. Um, so we actually get a fresh start on this show this week. So Miles. <laughs> Could you give me a, a recap of just this weekend, this last weekend? What are some of the positive takes takeaways? Was this an impressive win? Uh, give me some insights here.
3: Yeah, I, I think to start, I, I, I view it as an impressive win. I say that because two things: I think the Vikings went into the game went into, went into this game knowing that they wanted to have an explosive offense, and I think having that mindset and then following through with that mindset from a coordinator, head coach, and quarterback. Standpoint that that's that's where you're going to win football games, and so um, to see them follow through with that was, was was great to see. The other part to me though, um, the Vikings matched up a lot better against the Chargers than I think I originally thought. I, again, looking back at like the way we run our the Vikings run their offense specifically on offense, um, the Ram the, the Rams the Chargers just like with Brandon Staley like he wasn't with the Rams they liked they're okay giving up a little bit on the ground. Because their plan is to make sure that they don't give up much in the air. Well, they gave up much, and they gave up quite a bit in the air to go with the Vikings' continuous and consistent success on the ground. So, a little bit of, um, a little bit of, uh, yeah, um, a little bit of that game plan and and the overall like matchup from that standpoint was a really good fit for the Vikings against a a good young Chargers team. So, um, and then the one point I've heard a lot of people say across. Um, you know, Vikings Twitter and, and you know, different uh, podcasts and, and and beat reporters and things is Mike Zimmer out-coached out, out coached and out-schemed and out-witted out Brandon Staley. And going into it, and I'm not saying Zimmer shouldn't have or shouldn't have been expected to do that, but everything we've heard from Brandon Staley leading up to the game was how much of a forward thinker he is, how much of, like, he leans into the analytics and leans into being aggressive. He did the opposite. He kind of pulled a Mike Zimmer this week. Consist, at least from what we've seen from Mike Zimmer this year, is he pulled a lot more of the um, lean back and kind of expect my defense to, to bail me out a little bit more rather than my offense. And he didn't, he didn't, he wasn't as aggressive. Didn't go for um, you know fourth downs, some of those things the way you would typically, at least what we've seen the Chargers do even earlier in the year. So um, I thought Zimmer did a great job um, saying we need to win it. Besides just this being a must-win game, Zim went into it saying we're going to go all out and and we're going to put our foot put the foot to the throats of the, of the charges. And they did that. And, and that last drive specifically on offense really, really showed that.
1: They definitely were aggressive, more aggressive. And we need to see more of that this week.
3: Well, they got their best player involved. I mean, when you get JJ involved, Justin Jefferson involved, that's when you're going to be successful. So, um, you know, Adam Thielen did his thing. He had a lot of, hit a few good plays as well. And Dalvin cook was solid on the ground. Um, but it was it was Justin Jefferson. It was a Justin Jefferson show, and uh, Kirk Kirk threw a lot of really good passes, and and decided on in key situations because the the one thing that you you haven't seen from this Vikings offense either is them converting or even attempting to convert the second or third and medium to longs. They they usually throw behind the throw behind the, the sticks, or the sticks and those things, and and Kirk and, and the receivers were getting open downfield, and they were taking those chances, and so. I, now, I don't think some of that is sustainable because when you see you see the amount of third and fifteens and third and twenties that they converted on Sunday that's not sustainable, so I wouldn't go into every week expecting them to have a game plan for for converting those, but to see them able to do it consistently on sunday was was still really was really great, and that's what drove the win. what uh, was nice about that to, yeah
1: was uh when they got stuck in those situations and they got stuck in those situations mainly because of. Oleudo. holdings. Yeah. Um, yeah, yep. I mean, and you got to think of an offensive holding as a sack, because that's basically yeah. what it is. Any
3: um, any offensive holding is our offensive penalty essentially is a is a, is a sack.
1: Right. And uh, but what changed last week versus what we had seen all before that was they were throwing to the sticks rather than throwing the two yard check down and hoping for four yards.
0: Right. Right. And and even if you're not down, you know, in a second and long, second 15, second 20, third and 20, like that big, even though we didn't convert, we got, got ourselves in position to go for it on fourth down to ice the game. Right. Um, is is regardless if you're in that type of yardage or if you're in a second and 10 or even a second and eight or third and eight is you still got to push it downfield. And when you do that yep. with the receivers we have, it's going to reap rewards more often than not. Uh, it, even if it does reap rewards 50% of the time, that's a huge win, especially when these guys are playing one-on-one battles or two-on-one battles in, in a lot of cases. Um, I think one of my bigger takeaways for this game uh, really was how we were able to limit Justin, Justin Herbert. I mean, he had been playing yeah. well. He's been very a high quality quarterback all year. Um, he had a couple, you know, bad games throughout the year, but for the most part, he's been high quality and he's out here looking like, I hate to say it, but he kind of looked like Kirk, uh, like when Kirk's <laughs> doing the check down Charlie stuff, right? Like he, again, yeah. making impressive throws, making plays when he needs to make plays, but also just checking it down. He checked it down more than Kirk did. I mean, and it was, it was a good to see kind of watch another team who has a promising quarterback go through that. Uh, because of course I, I, I'm, I like the way our quarterback played this week, uh, which uh, again, hasn't been as, um, as often as I'd like this year. Not to say Kirk's been playing poorly this year. You know, the PFF numbers are going to tell you he's played well, right? Again, he just hasn't been aggressive, and we were aggressive this week, which was fun. Um, The PFF numbers tell you
1: he's doing what he's asked to do. Um, And he's accomplishing that. If if he's asked to throw a two-yard check down and he does that well, he gets scored well, right? He, if he's asked to do, throw it a fifty-yard bomb every other play, he's not doing that because he's not being aggressive. He's not asked to do that. They record, right. they grade what he's asked to do. That's why he's
0: grading yep. so high. Well, and, you see well, and again, it's like by. Well, like Miles has said multiple times in other shows and in uh, our group chats and whatnot, are you know PFF's not grading that he didn't pass it to a guy deep who was open like Justin Jefferson. They're grading on okay, did he complete the pass? And did it go for positive yards, negative yards, whatever? It's a it's a plus type grade, and he's not going to go negative because he completed a pass in the flat for three yards versus uh, passing att- attempting a pass twenty five yards on the field to Justin Jefferson, who's likely open, right, or could you know have a one on one opportunity. But I digress. Um, real, real quick, Miles, would you consider this an impressive win?
3: Yeah, I start. That's why. That's why I started off uh, my comment. I thought it was an impressive win because there's. I, I felt that they had commanded the game, even though the game was close. You, at least for me, I don't know how everybody else is feeling. I normally don't feel this way with Vikings games, but like especially this year, I felt comfortable on Sunday. It just kind of felt like they had a little bit of control. Yes, yes, they almost gave it away at the end. Like, let's say they don't convert on that fourth down, maybe the the Chargers get a chance to tie that game up. Whatever, it doesn't even matter. Like, I felt the way that game went, it still felt like the Vikings were in control, whether they had the ball or whether they're on defense. So it was great to see them, instead of always needing the defense to try to win it or lose it for them at the end, they said, let's let our offense be that driving force. So I think they should – let's let's hope they do that moving forward because that's what made it more impressive to me was it was how they won the game and the decision they decided to make to force themselves to win that football game, not just – hope that they would win the game because they you know didn't make a mistake or what have you
0: Absolutely I couldn't I couldn't agree more Um very good let's get to this week I know it's a big week uh we're playing the Packers what what are your keys to victory
3: Yeah I mean so it'll be a little bit of a different dynamic for the Vikings defensively because obviously you got Aaron Rodgers who's apparently got a hurt toe um he's coming off covid and he didn't <laughs> the Packers, the Packers, like Seattle, they didn't, they didn't look all that, that good on Sunday. Um, so they're coming. Yes, the Packers won, um, but they're coming off a situation where it wasn't all that of an impressive win. You know, maybe who knows how they're going to bounce back. Um, but also they're going to be without, in my opinion, their second best offensive weapon in, in Aaron Jones. And So the way what Aaron Jones does is Aaron Jones, isn't just a really good running back between the tackles. And um, he's a really good receiver for them as well. So he's a guy that they're going to miss. I know I think AJ Dillon's going to step in and do a, do a good job because he's that big physical type of running back that the Vikings are used to having, you know, and Adrian Peterson's and and, and those things, but um, I think I think AJ Dillon will be able to, to handle himself just more so because they have a good run of offense and the Vikings run defense hasn't been that great. So, um, I'd expect him to do pretty well, but I don't think they're going to be as multiple with with AJ Dillon the way they can be with Aaron Jones which is a which is a big deal for the Vikings defense and so there's that and then um, obviously what's the plan for DeVonte Adams? The Vikings haven't been able to cover DeVonte Adams in I think basically since his rookie year when he was dropping everything and now he's the I in my opinion the best receiver in the league. But um what are they going to do to stop him because he's the guy that always seems to kill them and always seems to he he gets open no matter how they cover him. So what what's their plan? So if Patrick Peterson's back, does is he ready to shadow? Is he going to shadow? Do they do they put you know do they double him triple him? What what's the plan for Devontae Adams? And then then obviously Aaron Rodgers. You know, can depending on how the crowd is because the one thing we know in, in U.S. Bank Stadium is the split of fans is probably too close to fifty fifty than what it should be. But if that's how it is, you know, there's a lot of Packers fans in Minnesota. So how how can the Vikings keep the fans engaged and going for the Vikings side so that they can keep Aaron. Cause the one thing Aaron Rodgers does pretty well. And as he has in Minnesota is he does a really good job of thriving off of, or even quieting the, the crowd in Minnesota. So can the Vikings do enough to force Rodgers, you know, off his rhythm and, and off his game. And so that the fans aren't engaged for, for him and they're engaged for the Vikings and, and us. So um, there's a few of those things. And then how, is this Aaron Rodgers' last hurrah? You know, coming to US Bank, coming to Minnesota as a packer, as a packer. So um, I think those things are kind of fun storylines to keep an eye on, and we'll see how it goes. But I think the Vikings, the way they're riding off of the game, I want to see them come off of Sunday, and and continue down that path. Because the one thing we haven't seen against good teams is after a win, we haven't seen them decide to go play a really good football, to start to finish football game and beat another good football team so can they stream together you know some some games and so this is a perfect opportunity to do it the one thing i do love though about divisional games is they're so unpredictable as so i i think it's really that's what i, I love about it too besides hating the packers i i love how unpredictable it could be so i i'm hoping you know the vikings can you know maybe hey maybe show the packers what's up
0: yeah i mean i've been uh i've been a season ticket holder since we've been at u s bank and this is gonna be my first packer game uh I admittedly I could oh, just wow. make too much money off the i can make too much money off those tickets to to not sell them <laughs> typically but uh but you know i'm taking taking the wife out to the game and I think we're gonna i mean she's louder than i am uh and and I'm pretty loud individuals uh, i think we'll be doing our part to to kind of uh disrupt Rodgers here a little bit. You know, I I look at this game plan and you take a look at their defense. Their defense has been playing pretty well um, all year long. Now they have some injuries that have popped up. I hear Alexander may or may not come back uh, this year or this week. I I, I think he's trending on the not side. But again, I I need to do a little bit more research and and obviously more time will tell. Um, But, you know, they're out Preston Smith Rashawn Gary's uh you know beat up a little bit right now they have an awesome safety duo in adrian amos and yeah. and, and darnell savage um, it's always tough to play against you know a good strong safety combo like that um, and and their other corners have stepped up in spots um, so i'm interested to watch this the, that key matchup of can we keep that uh momentum rolling with justin jefferson and hopefully getting Adam Thielen a little bit more involved this week. And I, you know what? I'm putting out an MIA right now for for um, KJ Osborne. I haven't seen him in three weeks, three four weeks. It's, right. it's he's he's been MIA. Um, so I want to get I want to see these guys get you know a little bit more involved in terms of the wide receiver two and three, as well as keeping Jefferson at that that you know peak. Um, Utilization that we did this week. And then I also, you know, I, I, I want to uh, make sure that we're, um, again, staying aggressive. Obviously, we have a strong run game. Uh, Dalvin Cook seemed to be a little bit more like himself last week, which was good to see. It seems like maybe he's finally uh, beyond that injury right now. Um, so if we can get that whole mojo going, do you think we can really disrupt this defense that's been playing pretty well this year?
3: Yeah, and that's the one thing that – the one thing that does worry me, though, is like most divisional games, when you – the Vikings and like with uh, the Packers with um, uh, LaFleur and like with Mike Zimmer, like they face each other so many times, you kind of got the book on each other. When there's that consistency at, at the coaching and like the philosophy standpoint, there's consistency. So they're, they kind of got the book on each other. So can, can the Vikings come up with some new wrinkles that maybe the Packers weren't, wouldn't expect – same way that you would expect the Packers to do the same to the Vikings. Can they are they going to come up with some wrinkles on their defense that the Vikings haven't seen? So, um, and then you flip that. You know, can the Vikings' defense come up with something that Rogers hasn't seen? So, um, you know, that's the hope. Like you, you want to find new wrinkles, but you want to find them at the right times. You want to you want to start creating a little bit more of that um, that level of uncertainty as as you prepare. So, that, that's that's the hope.
1: Well, Mike Zimmer is one and three versus Matt LaFleur. So, he hasn't got the best of him. It was that game up in Green Bay last year that he got the best of him in the 40 mile an hour wins. Let's hope. Now, heads up, what is it? Uh, Cousins is three, three, and one when playing the Packers from the Vikings. So, there's a possibility they could they could figure well, so then, each other so then out.
3: So three, three, and one.
1: <laughs> well well, which should be. Uh it's yeah, but look, I don't think LaFleur this is LaFleur's only been there the last couple of yeah, years. Yeah, so, yeah. So this um, is
3: his third year.
1: The um but they do have some injuries out on that defense, and that defense has been good this year. That's yeah. what's surprising for Green Bay, is the defense has been that good. And uh
3: they put a lot of resources into it. Um,
1: but hopefully you got Whitney Merciless out, you know, Rashawn Gary out. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who else out was possible on the defense. But it, they have an opportunity this Sunday, and they need to take this opportunity by, you know, grab the reins and drive it down Green Bay's throat to – to establish
0: that hey we're here for this season <laughs> absolutely so i i couldn't agree more and how dare you I, that's fantastic that would be <laughs> fantastic if that actually happens uh well you know what I, I have one more thing to talk about but you know we're getting late into the show uh how dare you brings up predictions so why don't we hit up lightning round right now uh we'll go some over under buy sell headline and head into prediction from there so dave can you cue the music Yes, I can. Awesome. Love it. All right. So um, we're just going to go into over under right away here. Um, I'm going to actually start with Dave just because I want Dave to get a specific question. I'm just going to go every other <laughs> year. So Dave, um, over the over, over this season, Aaron Rodgers is averaging about 241 pass yards per game. Um, so my the over-under here is 250 yards against the Vikings this week.
1: I would... My inclination is over, but I'm trying to think of who we have rushing him up the middle. We got both linebackers because I expect uh, a bar to play. I would... 250? 250. 250. Under. I mean, our secondary under. isn't as good as I wanted to, but I expect Pat- Patrick Peterson to step up his game this week. He does know what it means to be a rivalry game. I'm going under.
0: Love it. Love to hear it. All right, Miles. A.J. Dillon. Uh, I think he put up 122 all-purpose yards last week. Uh, between him and uh, Aaron Jones, they're kind of average. Averaging about one sixty total yards per game, uh, but since uh, he's going to seed some carries, uh, Patrick Taylor, I think is his name. Um, AJ Dillon, one hundred and twenty five total yards over under. Um,
3: that's a tough one. I, I don't know what Dylan's going to be like as a full time starter. I'm going to say under, um, but I think it's going to be closer than it should be, and I'd like to be.
0: Sure. So you guys are both taking the under, meaning we're holding this offense because we're holding the the offense uh, passing offense I, to I, under. I would have taken, I would or, have
3: taken, I would have taken the over for the passing, but that that's just me.
0: Hey, hey, you didn't get to choose though. You didn't get to choose. You're right, you're right. <laughs> you got to remember, we
1: also have the fans in the stands. I know it it turns a lot of it turns green, but our fans are loud and they do mess with Aaron Rodgers' head.
0: Let's do it. Let's do it. Um, all right, uh, Dave Viking sacks. We've averaged 1.5 sacks over the last four games against them. So I'm going to leave it right at that number. Do we get uh, over or under 1.5? Over
1: because we're averaging more sacks per game than that right now.
0: Okay. I love the quick, deci- <laughs> the decisiveness. All right, Miles. And I think this is an important one to you. Uh, last game, Kirk, uh, hit a 7.5 uh, average depth of target last game his average for the year has been 6.8 over or under seven for his average depth of target
3: i'm gonna say under that's the so that that's where i need to see a little bit more of a sample size from kirk from, from a consistency consistency standpoint him and clint on on that so i'm gonna say under
0: under Okay, so we basically are going to have a defensive slugfest. That's kind of what you guys are thinking here a little bit. I love to hear it. I, lo- I mean, if it leads to a win, I don't really care how we get it. So, all right, right. buy sell right. here. Um, Miles, I'll let you roll with this one first. Uh, buy sell. A.J. Dillon being a legitimate starter. I'll buy that.
3: I think he is a legitimate starter. I think he's got he, – he's not Derek Henry, but I guarantee you that they – when they drafted him, that was kind of their thought process, like big body, big physical kind of guy that can run. Um, again, that, that he's not Derek Henry. I'm not putting him in that category. But I think I think there's that, that type of like bowling ball, bounce off, the guy that breaks tackles type of ability.
0: Awesome. So they'll have a uh, tough decision. Well, probably not that tough of a decision, but they got him for two more years under contract. Aaron Jones just signed a big deal. So they'll have a two-headed monster for a little while here yet, at least. Um, Mm -hmm. Dave, buy, sell, Cam Bynum. Oh, without a doubt,
1: buy. And Mike Zimmer was asked today if he may be incorporated into the defense this weekend. And he's talking about, yes, possibly that can happen. There's a lot of things he likes about Cam Bynum. He also said there are special things that um, Harrison does. I think they can combine it. You could see a big nickel type deal, or you could see a dime. So I very much expect, and I would buy that in a heartbeat. We see more cameras. I, I hope you
0: I hope you're right. We just signed Harrison Smith to a long contract. Xavier Woods is on a one-year deal. I would be nice to try to keep all three of them, actually, and see if yes. you can incorporate some sort of three-headed monster up there. But um, I do like the development in these last two games of them especially from what we saw with him in preseason. So I, I'd like to keep that train rolling. Um, Miles, Mason Cole. I know Doogie just kind of talked about that a little bit. Do you buy sell Mason Cole maybe being a solution for us long-term at center?
3: I can't get on board with that yet. I just, again, just like too small of a sample size. And Mason Cole was not very good in Arizona. And maybe that was a scheme thing. Maybe he does fit a little bit more of what this scheme does than, than what Arizona was trying to do. Um, but no, I, I just can't. This is his fourth year in the league. Kind of like Bradbury. We were all seeing how bad, he, how poorly he played in Arizona. They they saw how badly he played in Arizona to the point where they traded for Rodney Hudson. So, I'm not saying he can't improve and can't and can't be that guy, but I just I can't get on board yet.
1: Yeah, but what in Arizona, he played guard better than he played center.
3: He only had like five games at guard. So
1: yeah,
0: true.
3: Like total. So it, yes, yes, maybe he played a little bit better, but they, the Vikings didn't bring him here to play guard.
0: Correct. Backup center and hey, you know what? He uh, he fulfilled his purpose. We trade, I think, like yes. a six he's been a, for he's him, and he's fulfilled his purpose. He's actually yeah. been better than our starter in the two spot starts. And who knows? Maybe he'll be here long term. Maybe not. You're you're not ready to buy that. I understand. You're you know, you know I, I'm kind of the same way. I'm not I'm not ready to buy fully into him, but I think that I would definitely like to monitor that. Put that on my ticker going forward on my stocks here so um all right dave last last buy sell before we get into the headline here uh kirk's aggressiveness in the fourth quarter with a lead
1: oh by far by that he needs to continue to do that because it has but do you successful. think he will
0: is is the is the operative here will he continue that yes i do think he'll
1: at least in the fourth quarter especially coming from behind he gets aggressive um Yes, I think he will continue that. I hope Kirk Cousins is very much the roller coaster. Hopefully we've been through that dip and now we're back up on the incline and we'll hopefully peak during the playoffs all the way to the Super Bowl.
0: Love the optimism, love it. All right, so we're gonna go into headline game since Miles isn't here every week. I'll let him pick between the two here. So Miles, if you're not familiar, I know you've watched the show, but I don't know if you've uh, watched all the way through the headline game, but basically I'm gonna give you two scenarios where uh, you wake up, read the morning paper. It says, you know, one of these two headlines, you tell me what happened in the game to cause that headline to happen. So the two you can choose from is another diamond in the rough, or, here we go again, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> I get the true. oh man.
3: I'm gonna say another diamond in the rough because I wanna be optimistic. I'm gonna do that, I'm just gonna leave it at that. All
0: right, but what happened in the game to cause that headline? Like, oh, do we have another uh, another player blow up out of nowhere? What What happened in the game to cause that headline?
3: I got it. a diamond. in the rough. Is hard to say, like Cameron Bynum has a pick six. Maybe something like that. Or yep. like a James Lynch has a, has a strip sack, something like that.
0: Okay. Okay. So a big defensive play from a young player. Love it. Young. All right, player. Dave. Yeah. Here we go. All Dave, again. We got, here we go. Again. What happened?
1: Vikings win. Getting all the fans hopes up. Here we go. Again. Make sure you reserve yourself because they're going to break our hearts later.
0: (laughs) As always, as always. All right. So we've, uh, we made it to the end of the show here. We got predictions Um, to give just a quick highlight on, on uh, scores here. Dave, you might have the accurate ones. Uh, Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, I lost last week. Uh, I said we are going to lose the Chargers, So uh, I have uh, me at six and three. Uh, Matt was the only one to, to win last week. Um, I believe, and he is now sitting at four and five. Basically, whatever the Vikings record is, that's what he is because he always picks the Vikings. Um, Dave, I think you're also at four and five trying to take the sacrifice last week. uh, I was. To jinx jinx the Chargers, uh, but that does unfortunately move you to four and five. I'll take it. And then I I think our guests are sitting at five and four right now. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, Matt, obviously not with us tonight, uh, but we're going to go in the true Matt nature here. I, I'm going to predict for him because he didn't send me his prediction unless he sent it to you, Dave. No. Nope. okay. So uh, obviously he's going to have the Vikings win, and uh, in Matt-like fashion, it's going to be a blowout win. We're going to say 35-17 uh, because I think that was somewhat like his score for the Chargers game. Gotcha. All right, Miles, what's your prediction?
3: Um, I'm going to go 24-20 Vikings.
0: Boo! Ooh, I like it. It's four-point win the for optimism. the purple at home.
3: i got it. i got to keep the optimistic train rolling.
0: Love it. Dave, what do we got? Uh,
1: I am going Vikings. Um, I do think they keep this rolling. I think they keep the offense pumping. Uh. Figure 31, say 24 Vikings.
0: 31 24, seven point win for the purple from Dave. Ah, man. Well, typically I like to be a realistic on this show. I don't always like to be You mean just negative. A homer. Go ahead. <laughs> no, negative. No, I just realistic. But. You know what, they showed me quite a bit last week. Um, I'm unfortunately, uh, or not unfortunately, unlike Miles, I'm not 100% sold into the A.J. Dillon train. Um, I think he's a quality back, but I don't think he's what Aaron Jones can bring to that offense. They don't have a secondary back to provide Aaron Jones-like abilities um, uh, with Kylan Hill also under the IR.
3: That's all things I said earlier. That Aj Dylan won't be
0: able to. Yeah, build those but, you, but but you but you did say that you buy him to be a long term starter. Is all I was trying to say. I don't yeah, buy him to I be anything be. more than a change of pace. Uh, uh, you know, bulldozers. All I kind of see him as is yeah. a long term right. career trajectory. And and I hope he's more. I mean, not for the uh, Packers, but I, I never want any player to just be bad in the league, right? Uh, I, I want everyone to have success, just not on that team. Um, with all that being said, I think that our defense is going to disrupt Rodgers just enough for us to squeak out a win here. I'm going to say 20 to 17. Ooh, low, sc- low, scoring, low scoring game. Vikings Vikings win. Hey, I want to let y'all know
1: I pinned how dare yous post um He says Zimmer will be drenched in Gatorade at the end of the game. Ooh.
0: Ooh, that's a good prediction. That's a good prediction. Uh, you know, shout out to all the fans that, or, you know, all the, the, the uh, viewers here that are watching today. Uh, Joseph, I know you mentioned a couple things that I needed a touch base on. Yes, the, our Oklahoma's kicker is usually really great. He completely shit the bed this last week. Um, so, yes, we, we must have passed – I must have passed the kicking woes from the Vikings over to them uh, during that game. Uh, also, yes, I will be at the stadium on uh, Sunday morning. Uh, I think I'm going to get there nice and early. Wife and I got a, a wedding, so we're going to stay overnight in a hotel, uh, get up and tailgate nice and early with some friends. Uh, we're going to have a great time. So we're going to be there. Um you know, uh how dare you you know a couple of just solid comments throughout the night, much appreciated, Mary, as always, I appreciate you, all the optimism you bring to the show. Justin, you know, fantastic, uh, you know, uh, interactions here tonight. I think you provided a lot of great content to the chat room. Appreciate you joining and listening in and all the rest of you. Uh, really appreciate everyone joining in and making sure that you, uh, you know, you're the lifeblood, blood, the lifeline of what this show is. And we, we stay on for you guys. So we really appreciate you joining in each and every week. Hopefully you tune in, I think, tomorrow night, Thursday night, for uh, at halftime of the Thursday night game. Nope. No, They're unfortunately not, uh, not. Eric
1: Thompson okay. has a procedure. He's getting done something about a lobotomy or something like that. Um, and he will not be there, so there will be no Viking hot takes this week. However, as usual, I've already got the notes. Darren and I will be talking Saturday for two old bloggers, as we break down the numbers and exactly how this game should go and how the Vikings will pull off a
0: victory come Sunday. Baby, it's Packers week. And, and honestly, guys, uh, real quick, Dave. Before I, I'm going to cut you off real quick. If you haven't watched Two Old Bloggers on Saturday afternoon, you have to check it out. I've been watching it a little bit more now uh, over the last couple weeks. Graphics are fantastic. Dave goes into his full bag of tricks to make some really great content on the show. Uh, they have a lot of great insights. You definitely got to check it out. I know Saturday afternoons a tough time. You got family, you got stuff. Throw on your headphones and even just listen in. I mean, it's really Four a great show. Central. I think you guys will enjoy it. Four o'clock central. Um, and then, of course, we'll be uh, you know on right after the game as well, as you mm-hmm. typically are with the myriad of different people we have for the final score. Uh, first and uh, the very first uh, after game content out there for the fans. Uh, so make sure you check into that before you go into the Vikings fan line to either congratulate or ask for Mike Zimmer's said. Um <laughs> think that's all. So, you know, Dave, do we always say? Skull! Thank you for watching or listening.
1: As always, if you like, subscribe, and ring the bell for notifications. And if you're listening to the podcast, please rate us on your favorite aggregator.
0: Skull, everybody.